Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your guide, Stephen Payton. The date is the 29th of January 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off this week, we've had a visit from the Clown of the South himself, Boris Johnson. The Prime Minister, seemingly unaware that travel should be limited during the pandemic, bopped his way across Britain to appear on Scotland's doorstep, only to tell us all to get back into our box and stop being a bother. Naturally, it did not go particularly well. A spokesperson for Police Scotland confirmed that they had received complaints regarding Prime Minister Boris Johnson's visit to Scotland. This would be on account of the fact that all travel between Scotland and the rest of the UK is currently banned unless the person has a reasonable excuse. And I'm not convinced that a northern-bound ego trip to save the Union would be considered one. And seemingly, I'm not the only one who remains unconvinced. Ros Foyer, the General Secretary of the Scottish Trade Union's Congress, tweeted, Shocked that 10 Downing Street think it's a good idea to send Boris to Scotland. Apart from the very obvious safety concerns of this non-essential visit, there is a huge risk of him damaging the Union further with every word he speaks while here. Hashtag own goal. Co-leader of the Scottish Green Party, Lorna Slater, also commented, This visit comes just days after the UK reached the horrific milestone of 100,000 dead, a legacy of poor decisions by Boris Johnson himself. He championed the failed herd immunity approach, outsourced our testing, locked down too late, excused the reckless behaviour of Dominic Cummings, and funded the virus with eat-out vouchers. His trip cannot be described as an essential journey, especially as he refuses to listen to the majority of Scots who want to return to the European Union rather than continue on his disastrous Brexit. Refusing to listen to the majority of Scots was also a big feature of his trip. Johnson used his time in Scotland to repeat the same tired talking points of 2014's No Campaign to remind Scots of how good they seemingly have it all while repeatedly insisting that actually, nobody in Scotland really wants a second referendum anyway, despite 20 consecutive and wide-ranging polls showing that to be an utter falsehood. Among his many complaints around independence, Johnson stated that questions remained on issues such as what about the Queen and what about defence, both of which actually had an answer uh, in the 2014 white paper, so he might want to catch up a little bit on that it's only been out for seven years though contrary to the old white paper i think the case should be made for ditching the queen along with westminster when we do choose to leave but i guess that is a future conversation to be had boris promised that he'd be back to scotland like a floppy terminator though the only thing he seems focused on terminating is any goodwill scots have left for westminster I'm personally looking forward to finding out how much this little trip cost all of us. However, Boris cannot pretend forever that support for independence hasn't rocketed in the past year, in part due to his own incompetence. And Nicola Sturgeon has thrown down the gauntlet and challenged the PM to dare, standing in the way of Scots holding a second referendum. The First Minister said that a court challenge that would attempt to throw out Holyrood legislation for a second referendum would leave the Prime Minister in a position that no democratic leader should find himself in. Last weekend, the SNP revealed an 11-step roadmap to securing a referendum, even in the event that Johnson maintains his vehemently anti-democratic 
stance. The plan remains that, should a pro-independence majority be returned to Holyrood dismay, the Scottish Parliament will move ahead with a legal referendum, regardless of Westminster's response. Speaking with Fintan O'Toole, the First Minister said, This question of does the Scottish independence referendum need the consent of Westminster or could the Scottish Parliament legislate itself, that has never been tested in courts. And I hope we never get to the point where it would have to be tested in the courts. Back in 2014, at the time Alex Salmond and David Cameron decided to put that question beyond doubt and come to an agreement, and that's the precedent we should use if people in Scotland vote for a party that is proposing a referendum, but if that route is not open, we would implement the mandate and if Boris Johnson wanted to say we didn't have the legal authority, then he would have to test that in court. He would have to go to court to stand in the way of the democratic wishes of the Scottish people. All I would say to that, Boris, is good luck. It's not a position any self-respecting Democrat ever contemplates finding themselves in. It's also been a bumper week for SNP MP Mary Black, who managed to take on both Gordon Devomax Brown and the Scottish Secretary of State Alistair Jack. Black asked Jack in the House of Commons, given that he is the self-proclaimed defender of democracy, can I ask him, with that in mind, how can the people of Scotland secure that preferred choice of independence? Now, someone who actually believed in democracy, even in the face of an answer that you might not like, wouldn't have had difficulty answering this question. Not so much Jack, who sidestepped and started rambling about coronavirus spending. Pete Wishart later pressed him on it again, and again he refused to answer, saying, now is not the time, which isn't really your personal decision to make, is it, Alistair? Mary Black accused the Tories of running scared, saying, if the union is so strong, as Boris Johnson and the Tories claim, then why are they feared to test that strength in another Scottish independence referendum? Hmm. Black also slapped down Gordon Brown after he had the temerity to suggest that yet another pro-independence majority returned to the Scottish Parliament by the Scottish people would still not be considered a mandate to hold a second referendum. I doubt that there is any situation at all in which Brown would accept that a mandate for a democratic referendum will ever exist. Black, on the other hand, stated no amount of constitutional tinkering from Labour would protect Scotland from Brexit or the Tory power grab. Only independence can do that. And the fact Gordon Brown is cozying up to the likes of Michael Gove, the leader of the Tories' anti-independence campaign, shows Scotland has nothing to gain from his proposals. And yes, it is true that Gordon Brown has seemingly been bouncing about with Michael Gove to tune up their five-point plan to save the Union. It really does seem like the band is getting back together again. But that does bring us to an end this week. So with all that said, where does that leave the state of the Union? Aging about as well as Boris Johnson's past comments about Scotland, which include saying, Gordon Brown's Scottishness is a personal political disability. Government by a Scot is just not conceivable. Devolution has been a disaster and was Tony Blair's biggest mistake. Devolution is unjust and allows Scots to make their own laws while free-riding on English taxpayers. Publishing a poem that calls Scots a verminist race, polluting our stock, undermining our economy, and said, suppress the tartan dwarfs and the weak freeze. You would generate jobs and growth in Strathclyde far more effectively. See you all again next Friday.